This episode is once again sponsored by our good friend, Yakir Markowitz, Elnishmas' father, Shmuel Zev, having a, a Biden moment. Smell good and keep your mouth shut. Abai Veruva wouldn't be on the internet either, but uh, there's a million of Yomish here, and that's how people learn. If a yeshiva bacher could be a yeshiva bacher and also smell good, is Avadi good? Even better. Beruchim Aboyim, welcome everyone. We are about to begin Be'ez Hashem, another episode of Teresavik the Chat. This episode is once again sponsored by our good friend, Yakir Markowitz, Elnishmas' father, Shmuel Zev, Shama should have an aliyah. And I want to tell you guys who are watching or listening, and you hear every week, sponsored by Yakir Markowitz, sponsored by Yakir Markowitz. Next week, it could be you. Just shoot an email to infoatarisavigda.org. Tell us you'd like to sponsor a podcast episode, and, and we'll take care of you. Metzashem, next week, you could have tens of thousands of views for whatever, whatever you would like to sponsor towards. You could even so send go ahead. You, I would, you know what? I have another podcast that people are dying to sponsor. And I think people need to sponsor this. You're going to get 10 times the amount of views, so maybe more. So I would tell you, you can WhatsApp me directly, 718-887-5799. Never going to share the number again. So if you heard it, you're good. If you want to sponsor, reach out. Yeah, definitely. He's the guy to reach out. Save that number. You reach out to him for no, a lot of things. Don't, don't, don't save it. Don't save the number. Okay. So, Rev Pinchas, last week, I made a commitment to dressing differently next week. I said, next week, I'm, I'm going to look completely different. And look at that. We're recording Matzah Shabbos. So you, you actually fulfilled your promise. You're dressed in that, the full Hasidic regalia. It's, uh, I guess for, for, for people who are listening, they, don't, they can't see, but people who are watching on Torah anytime, are good friends at Torah anytime, they, they, they got that. I made a commitment and Hashem helped me, which, which brings us to this week's Parsha, uh, 5779. What are we talking about? Robes of Splendor is the title, and it's talking it's all about, about this exact topic. About your clothing. Well, last week, really, we were talking about externalities, and that's why you made that comment. This week, we're talking about, about begadim, about the way, you, about levush, about the way you dress. Like yep. Absurdly says. And now, we actually jumped in uh, to this thing, Matzah Shabbos. Before this month, I had someone in my house. We discussed uniform, I'm not sure how, but we discussed, oh, we discussed, we were discussing New York City police and uh, the fine gentlemen that they are. <laughs> and we discussed uh, the, I think there's oft uh, repeated mantra about, about what we're going to discuss right now. So it's mamish Okay, so what are we discussing? Well, we're discussing the fact that Chazal tell, tell us that the Kahanim had four begudim. They had required not only the Kuvid of the like like the Pusik says in Tatsava, but they they had to they had to wear all four if they missed one one article of clothing, the whole avoida was pusel. And Rabbi Victor says there's something to be said about a uniform. Blue, a brown, a yellow is a uniform. People wear a uniform, it, it creates something different. And he says that the the, 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 the cop that's walking the beat with the blue uniform and the big stick. Yesterday, he was running out of the store with his pants bulging, his pockets pants bulging with stuff. Today, he's arresting the guy that would have been him yesterday. And that's the uniform. The uniform makes a person feel like a mensch, like he has to act in a different way. 
And it's, it's so interesting because he, he says over there, he throws in a word about Rabbonus also. Yes. And I happen to, I happen to know Rabbi Hamburger comes in. He sits right here. You can't see it on the camera, but uh, Rabbi Hamburger is the, the author of the Rabbi Miller biography. So he, a very close Talmud of Rabbi Miller. So he, he told me that there was somebody that he knew, somebody he knows, he knows him well, somebody he knows very well, who the time came for him to leave yeshiva. He was in yeshiva for many years, and he got married. And uh, Parnassa, he had to leave yeshiva. He had to start going to work in Manhattan. So Rabbi Miller told him, go get yourself a frack and open a shtibel. He said, what? Frack? Shtibel? I'm not a rov. I never... He said, look, you're going out to work. Now is the time you stay. You're going to become a rov now. You put on the uniform of a rov and open the shtibel, stand up front. That's your... I guess it's what we spoke about last week, really, about the externals having a hashpa on your internal. And he says, this guy opened the, opened the shtibel and he's a rov today. He's a rov because he, he stayed in learning. He wasn't able to go out of Torah. Of course, he had a business and he, had, he, he set himself up as a successful businessman. But at the same time, the, the, the uniform that he had to wear kept him in a certain place. And he says that, that a rov, you give him the clothing of a rov, you put him in the front of a shul. Not only does he act a certain way, he says he gains the sympathy to people. He suddenly starts understanding his congregants. He he, he becomes a rav, and and you see it. You see it. Uh, you do see it sometimes. It can have the opposite effect too. Depends there's, what there's, you, there's an interesting uh, there's an interesting Q and A from Rabbi Miller. Um, somebody asked him if he should study for smicha, and this is a little bit my my line because I have a I run a smicha program here in Bar Park. In Bar Hashem, we have two hundred talmidim. Would you like to sponsor episodes? Uh, maybe, maybe we should. When we, <laughs> anyway, um, so so interestingly enough, in this Q and A, they asked Rabbi Miller, "Should I should I study for smicha?" Rabbi Miller said, "No, it's a waste of time." And this was fascinating to me because this is my line a little bit. I'm I'm into learning halacha and learning for smicha. So Rabbi Miller explained it. He said that when you learn the intricacies, the, the details of every shach and every taz. When you want to learn basa b'chala smicha, you have to learn every shach, every taz, every little detail. And he says sometimes it's, it's, it's details of details, lambdas upon lambdas in minhagim of the rabbanans. Let's say most basa b'chala shaylas today are the rabbanan, because you're talking about chicken, not necessarily beef, right? So it's automatically a rabbanan. And then you go into details and details and details, and you're spending so much time on technicalities, which could be spent learning shas. And Rabbi Miller felt that the, the Divrei Chazal are more of a priority for a Jew to learn than the Divrei Hashach and the Divrei Ataz, the Divrei Apoiskim. You learn Mishnah Brura. Mishnah is beautiful, but it's a hundred years ago. You go back to Chazal, it's it's Divrei Chazal. So that's that's what he said. He said, don't learn for smicha. He said, in my days, when I was a bacher, you couldn't get a good shidduch if you didn't have smicha, because they wanted you to get a job in the rabbinate. He says, today, you sit and you're learning yeshiva, you get a good shidduch without the smicha. You don't have to learn smicha. It's a very interesting I, perspective for me. I, I guess 
it was also who, who asked him the question. I guess uh, Rabbi Victor, uh realized that uh, this 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 person was wasn't going wasn't going to gain sympathy for his congregants, but maybe the opposite. <laughs> He's going to gain too much sympathy for himself, and um, maybe that's maybe that's why he told him this. And then there's something else. There's something else interesting. We we mentioned the Rabbi Miller biography, which is a great book. I, I would say go out and buy it if you don't already have it. I'm sure everybody watching this already has it. So, but in the Rabbi Miller biography, he writes that Rabbi Miller had his Gemara shurim that he would give. That's that was his his primary uh, job. What he what he was busy with all day. His primary occupation was teaching Gemara. Rabbi Miller. That's what he did every day. There were there were several shurim in Gemara. There was the one Thursday night shir that became famous. But all day long, that was his occupation. He would teach Gemara. So the way he had a whole system of how he would teach it, and then he would require the part, the shear participants to submit um, tapes, recordings of themselves saying over the Gemara. That was sort of his test for them. So um, he said that anybody who submitted five hundred blot Gemara tape, meaning they they sat through his shear in five hundred blot, he gave a smicha certificate to that they could be a rav. Somebody said to him, well, they, they don't know how to pass Kinshaya, they never opened up a Shulchan Aruch. what are you going to do? So Ramila said, somebody learned 500 blood Gemara with me, the, just that Gadatus, just, this is a man who's a, who's a Yerish Shemayim. he has Yerish Shemayim. he's not, somebody comes to ask him a question about a pot with a chicken, with a, he's not just going to say it's okay if he doesn't know, he's going to ask, Paskin is enough Paskin. He's going to ask somebody a Shaila, especially today. There's Urbanum you could text. There's Urbanum you could WhatsApp. It's not a problem. The halacha part of being a Rav is not the problem. The problem is you want him to be a mensch who, who has Das Toida. He says, that he gets from learning 500 blood Gemara with me. Okay, so I, I, that's beautiful. And by the way, there's that picture where he's learning different Masechta while he's giving the shear. That's, that's wild. When people were interrupting the questions, he it's would crazy. learn another I, for the people, for the benefit of the participants who don't understand what we're talking about here, when Rabbi Miller would give his Gemara shir, he would teach, it was a five-minute shir, meaning he would teach Gemara for four minutes, and then he would give people a minute to review. That was a system. It was, a, it was an hour-long shir or, or longer, but it was, it was given in five-minute increments. So when I would listen to recordings, I was never there, but I would listen to recordings, I always thought to myself that Rabbi Miller's teaching the Gemara was so clear the way he presented it. I figured he takes a little piece, and then while the oil is chazering, he's preparing the next piece. But then I heard, and there's a picture. I saw a picture of it. He would be learning a completely different masechta during that those breaks. So Every it's minute. just. I have two suggestions based on what we just discussed. Number one, <clears> we <throat> should uh, do a giveaway of uh, the biography for the best comment on this week's on tour anytime put up put up some feedback and the best comment will win a book sponsored by the Torah Civic the chat okay i'm in zell me ten dollars i'll zell you figure it out <laughs> um and number two we have to have an episode a special episode discussing rabbi Victor's dafyoy Shir or his his gemura Shir, sorry with uh with ravioy lux Okay, Rabbi Yehoshua likes, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So we we have to along, see. We is, have to see is, what he says about that. This is a Matzah Shabbos special. 
We're taking a, a nice long time here. I'm going to put my T-shirt back on because I think that's when there's a sense of urgency. You know I'm working and, and we move faster. But I think you see me here just uh, sitting with the Bekisha. Sutsat. Relax. No, you know what happened? We we mentioned my 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 business, my smicha program. So I went off the rails a little bit. Even though this is like a anti ad for it, right? It's like people don't sign up for it because don't sign up. you should be learning Rabbi Miller's Gemara classes instead. Yeah. Are we ready for five seven eight one? I certainly am. A sweet savor. Talking about smells. In the Kodesh Hakodeshim, there was a Zbaya Chazuav where. Kodesh were lit. Uh, just in the Kodesh, not in the Kodesh. Kodesh, Kodesh, yeah, because it's every day. Um, in the Kodesh, where we had access to every day, we burnt Kodesh every day. And the Rav Miller says, why did, why did, we, why did we burn Kodesh? So Rav Miller quotes the Rambam, and Rav Miller says that we could, what does he say? He says, I can quote from the Rambam, he's a reliable source after all, in Moira Nevichim. Ramam says that the mind of a person feels elevated in the presence of good fragrance. A good fragrance helps the mind relax. Um, you, you're not here right now, but we have a, a fragrance system that my uh, dear wife invests a lot of time making sure that it gets reordered and it comes through the vents and it gets installed. It's a whole system. So the house has always a good fragrance and it puts you into a state of relaxation. And people like coming into your house because of that. They love coming into my house. They don't want to leave. <laughs> and that, but, but so according to the Rambam, that's, the, that's it. That's the secret. Hashem wants the, the incense molecules to be wafted through your ear into your nostrils and relay the message to your brain. This, Gishmak, this is a good place for you to be. Lovely, you see, you go to a hotel, and certain hotels have, have unique smells. You walk in. You just feel good. You feel, wow, I'm such, this is such a great vacation. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. There's a smell, and it puts you into a certain environment. And, There's uh, a very, very interesting piece in the booklet that obviously there's no place for everything in the bulletin. Really, I, I, I think we should do a full podcast on each booklet. But what can we do? So there's a, there's a piece over there about about the Takana of Ezra Soifer, that there should be Rachlan Magzir and Bayaris, that there should be peddlers uh, traveling throughout Eretz Yisrael selling perfume Spices. for women. Yeah. So there's a very interesting take from Rabbi Miller on that. The Rabbi Miller says, um, he says, why? Because what's the most important thing that you have in your house? The most important thing is your wife. So you have to make sure she smells good. If she has perfume, so you walk in, oh, you smell something good. Oh, so probably that's important. That was the, the point of having ketoides in the Mishkan because that was the place that you associated with good smells. That, that, that's the important place. That's the good place in your mind. So he says the same thing is, Shalom Bayes. Your wife is the most important thing in your home. Make sure she smells good. Of course, that, that brings up the, the famous Rabbi Miller story. Miller says that he always he gave advice uh, in marriage that uh, if a woman wants to have a happy marriage, smell good and keep your mouth shut. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the advice for women. So he, sa he says, I once, had, I once got a ride with somebody. He says, Rabbi, my wife listened to your tape. She says, the advice is smell good and keep your mouth shut. She listens to half of it. 
the second sometimes, half is too difficult. This is not about women in general. Sometimes uh, this is just in general. Sometimes by keeping your mouth shut, you already smell good. My the people that know me from the show business know that I have mints in my hand nonstop when I go around at a show because you talk a lot and you meet a lot of people. You want to make sure that you have a fresh breath. Rev Miller was a very big uh, proponent of uh, not causing tire to people by bad body odors and uh, and the like. Although he was very against perfume for men, as we know. Correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, very against? Uh, yeah. He said that the guy smells from perfume and he compared it to sweaty Shivbacham who smelled bad odor, but that smelled refreshing compared to the guy with the, no, with so the perfume. What he's saying here in this booklet is not that you shouldn't wear perfume. What he's saying is that just like they put Ketoidus into the Mishkan, to, to to make you associate the Mishkan with, with sweet smelling, with a with a sweet savor, with a pleasant smell. The same thing, we have to make good things smell good in our minds. So just the and idea. Of, yeah, and, and, and not good things well, smell bad. Yeah. So so I, if a yeshiva bacher could be a yeshiva bacher and also smell good, is Avada good? Even better. He's just, he just says that in our mind, you have two people, somebody who put on perfume, but he's a low life, and somebody who's not wearing perfume and is yeshiva bacher, let's say he's sweaty after dancing on Purim, right? So it's not, uh, we can't blame him because it's Purim and he didn't have time to shower yet. So he, he happens not to have such a pleasant smell. But in your mind, you built up the excitement of how special he is. So to your mind, he smells good. You know, sometimes you see, I always say this, you see a wealthy person. Um, and he talks to you, a super wealthy person who, who you're very impressed with, and, and and maybe he's older a little bit or whatever, he's spitting while he speaks, but somehow you're not annoyed by it. You, you almost want to bathe in his spit because he's so wealthy. You get so excited standing next to him. He has bad breath, but it's somehow it's it's an exciting experience. Like if uh, you know, you're know you standing and talking with Donald Trump and you notice he has bad breath, you don't care. Donald Trump is talking to you. Uh, it's, 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 all, it's all in the mind. Yeah. I so just defended anyone that uh, that doesn't. <laughs> no, but uh, the idea the idea is the idea is that you have to raise up you have to raise up Yiddishkeit in your mind, and like you said, vice versa. Rabbi Miller himself he he mentioned he said he once had to go into Brooklyn College. I couldn't I couldn't stand the stench because he worked he on himself. this himself. That that he, good things smell good, and bad things smell bad. Like he talks about the Gemuda there with. Uh... The Tana that was brought into the king. He, he would tell the story of Rebbe Kiva, that Rebbe Kiva once traveled to Rome and the emperor put Rebbe him Kiva? up. Yeah. Okay. They put him up with two harlots. They, they gave him for the night. And uh, then in the morning, the king, the, the, the two girls came to the Complain. king. They said, what's wrong with this guy? He's, he's throwing up, vomiting and retching all night long. <laughs> the king said, what should I do? He says, what can I do? They smell like rats to me. Yeah. Well, disgusting. Yeah. And, and Ramilla over there gives a tip of, of how to train yourself. And we know when he gives tips that he himself did this, that he would walk back past. I mean, you can assume that he actually did this when he walked past a rotting garbage can in the summer. He would lean in and smell it. And, and then take he would a good whiff. Himself. Sorry? Take a good whiff. He would apply that smell to, to, to anything that was uh, un, untoward, as we say. But there's there's actually a science in, in retail and, and how they how they work the smells, you know, when they 
when they sell popcorn in a movie theater or they, they do the, uh, different uh, perfume stores, but they actually have these, these, these uh, smell systems that try to draw people in with all these different smells. So they, in, in, the, in the malls, especially when they have these, um, these shops where they bake different things, many times there's, there's no real natural smell. It actually is made, it's an artificial smell that they dispense. Wow. Interesting. So, uh, in, in the Baisamikdash, in the Mishkan, in the Baisamikdash, we had this. The Ketanis. We should have that feeling of, of this is a good place to hang out in. Nice. Can we go to 5780 and 5782? This is a, it's a double whammy. It was a repeat. We did it in 5780 and then we repeated in 5782. With, with edits. sponsor that year? No, no. In 5702? We, we edited it. I think, I think in 5780, it was like the height of COVID and it didn't have enough distribution, that piece. Um, so we redid it uh, two years later. The, 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 the bulletin is titled A Career of Listening. Rav Miller starts talking about the Walkman. I think we discussed it here. About Rabashkin in prison, did we did we discuss that with the Walkman? I don't I don't think so. He writes in his book that he that he at some point they came out with the air the the Apple uh, whatever they call those things the the the, the pod the iPods. Sorry, the iPods. iPod. I'm having a a Biden moment. Um, at some point, they they they. they I don't know. Before, when you mentioned Trump, I don't know if you if you got people upset. Now, now you got people upset. I think. Listen, if I'm having a Biden moment, I can't help it. But they they at some point the prison system allowed them to bring in, I guess, iPods or or, or some kind of uh, system for for listening to music, and everyone was was trying to get him. And R- Rubashkin, um, Dafka said he's not. He's not, he doesn't want it. His family, I guess, offered him just to listen to music. Didn't want it. Didn't want it. Didn't want artificial noise in his head. And there's a story of, of the, the, I think the imam wanted also. He said, oh, wow, you're not getting it. I'm also not going to get it. Like a week later, he was walking around with it. But, but there's uh, something to be said. Rav Miller talks about this. Certain people, they buy, buy uh, headphones, a Walkman, and they, they have artificial noise, and they're listening to something artificial ears and they think this is this is uh this is what you can get excited about this is what gets them excited but the regular ears they have to listen to the sounds of the world this doesn't excite them and the Rebbe Victor goes on to talk about the man in Manhattan that he knew was missing one ear and every picture that he posts for he would do only his profile make sure that you don't catch the the other ear he had one ear, and how much money would he give to get another ear? And Ramilla goes on to say, he says, did you ever stop and think about your ears and, and thank Hashem for your ears? He says, take a hold of your ear, hold on to your ear and say, thank you, Hashem, but don't do it when your wife is around because she might think, um, she might think you're crazy, but what a chesed is to have two ears. So I'm not sure where this comes from because we're not really... We're not really uh, talking about it, but can you fill us in on the booklet of five seven eight zero or five seven eight two? That's in, in the years. In the parasha, in the parasha, talks about the dedicating the kehanim to the service of Hashem. There was a whole procedure of dedicating them 
So there was a Ailamiluim, there was a carbon that they brought, a special carbon for the dedication ceremony. And the first thing that was done after the carbon was shechted is that some of the blood was placed on the earlobes of a Haran and the earlobes of his sons. It's a Pasik and a Pasha. So Rabbi Miller points out that the first thing, the first step in Avoida is your ear. The first step is to, to listen, to learn how to listen. So, so actually the booklet is not all about thank Hashem for ears. So there's a substantial portion of the booklet that's dedicated to that. But the booklet is about learning to listen, learning to listen to Musr and learning to listen to our Gedoylem. And just the concept of how we have to dedicate our ears to Nasev and Ishma, to listening to Hashem. 5783 were titled Rescued by Prayer. I think that brings home a very simple point over here. Again, I'm not sure what the background is, and so maybe you'll fill us in, but it's a very straightforward point. That Hashem wants us to dive into Him, and we go through hardships sometimes, and we reach out to Hashem, and we think about Him, and that's what Hashem wants. And Miller always talks about people that are the good Jews, they're the Erlich, and they, they do everything, but they don't stop and think about Hashem. You daven, you can daven by rote, you can daven without stopping to think about Hashem sometimes. And just the point of our existence um, is to reach out to Hashem and to daven to Him. And that's, that's, that's His whole point here um, that we wrote down. Awareness of Hashem. That's what he wants. Hashem wants that we should be in touch with him. Of course, he doesn't want us to be ill or anything, but sometimes these things happen simply so that we are in touch with him. We connect to Hashem. But I'm not sure how this came about. Okay, so the connection to the parasha is a very, very deep connection because you have to reach down deep beyond the parasha and look at the calendar because last year, Parashat Tetzave was Purim. So um, the booklet starts out with Haman and Hitler. Um, and uh, he talks about why in Purim we had a tremendous Yeshua. And in the time of Hitler, we had a tremendous downfall. And he goes into the idea of Lech Kenoises Kala Yehudim, how Matcha Tzadik reacted to the, to the Gezerah and how the, everybody gathered together and they daven. And that's the... That's really where the prayer connection comes in. And, and I think uh, Miller brings up that uh, in pre-war uh, Europe, if, uh, if only we would have gotten together in the shuls, it would have made, it would have made all the difference. But, but in, in this connection about, about davening, about the importance of davening and how davening works, basically that, that piece in the bulletin is just that, just, that Hashem wants us to think about Him. And as soon as we think about Hashem more, um, the problems disappear because, because it's all about... That's all He wanted. That's, all he wanted. that's, that's the purpose. And I remember we have a video of this, of this tape, this Purim tape. We have a video of Rav Miller speaking. And I remember I watched it. it had such a, he, he, he says, he's reading a Pasuk and tell him over there, Hashem is Yemayim Hishkif. Hashem is Hishkif looks down really? from the heavens, he's looking down, and in the video you can see he goes like this, Leroy's, you see Hayesh Maskil? Is there a wise man down below? Uh, is anybody thinking about me? And then he like leaned forward and he's like, he was like looking, 
to see if there's anybody thinking about me. And the way he he gave that over of how Hashem is looking, Hashem is waiting. He says, anybody, anybody in the world, is anybody thinking about me? So when we put that thought in our minds, when we put Hashem in our minds, we start thinking about Hashem, it makes all the difference. Hashem says, oh, this is one of my guys. This is my, that's my man. That's my woman. That's my boy. That's my girl. He's mine. He's thinking about me. And, you know, it comes with all these, the, the Yeshuas and the Sgulas and the this and the that. If you're constantly thinking about Hashem and talking about Hashem, you don't need Yeshuas and you don't need Sgulas. That's, that's all he wants. In Hollywood, they say, don't call us, we'll call you. You know, after a not so great um, audition, call those things? audition. And we don't want Hashem to call us. So we'd rather call him um, and, and not bring uh, negative, negative attention towards us. It's not. It's not negative attention. It's it's Hashem, it's you, negative uh, negative situations so that you so that sometimes to, when to your father's calling your attention. you, your father's calling you, and you know he gives you a little flick on the ear. So we don't want that flick. Reb Meilach Bidaman tells the story, right? With uh, we should really stories. save that for the Reb Meilach podcast. But uh, but Reb Meilach has this story with a guy who was uh, on top of a building. He was he was stuck on the roof. The door locked behind him. So he started. He had a few hundred dollar bills. He was throwing hundred dollar bills down on the. And everybody just picked up the money and they just walked further. He says, so he started throwing down bricks. All of a sudden, they looked up at him. And that's that's what Hashem does. That's what uh, Tefillah is all about. That's one of his best stories. That's it. So we're going to. Okay. I'll tell you some some of the some of the negative um, um, feedback we got this week. It was actually a funny story because, uh, first of all, in general speaking, we get a lot of positive feedback in Teresa Vigner, and a little bit of negative feedback. But um, so the negative feedback it depends how an email is worded. Sometimes you get just an angry email from somebody just blowing off steam and I'm just going to ignore it because just, just because you got angry and shot an email doesn't mean that I have to respond to you. Then you have people who are genuinely, genuinely upset about something. They took the time, they sat down and they write a respectful letter and they, you know, they give, they, they submit their complaint. So somebody like that deserves, he's a serious person deserves a serious response. Um, but then there's some people who don't, don't, don't even think they're not, they, it's not that they got upset or that they just shoot an email, you know, without anything. So sometimes when those come in, I, I just, I can't control myself. I have to respond. So this week we sent out an ad, uh, about our exclusive content and we teased it last week on the podcast it was the first time we spoke about it. That is this exclusive content that we don't publish, but you could sign up for $10 a month. Plus. What? Yeah, some, something like that. So, so after the ad went out, somebody responded. 
I knew Rabbi Miller, he wouldn't approve of charging for, 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 for such a thing. So, Taurus Avigdor, I say this because we have, we have 18 people who work just on putting together the booklet. I'm not talking about the logistics. I'm not talking about the graphics and the printing and the distribution. Just on uh, transcribing tapes, editing, and, and uh, translating in many different languages, there's 18 people involved. Um, everything goes smooth. We, we it costs us $25,000 a week to run this operation. And if each subscriber would pay $10 a month, we would be rolling in profits. You know, it's not people, some, some people donate. A lot of people don't. A lot of people just enjoy the free content. And we don't mind that because we work very hard to make sure that this is free and people could enjoy it. So it happens to be that we have some extra stuff that we're offering to people who, who give a donation to help support our booklets, which is the main uh, expense of Terry Savigdor. So we're offering them a freebie. We're offering them, with their donation, they get, to, they get access to the exclusive content. So the guy, the guy sends back this email, oh, I know Rabbi Miller, he wouldn't approve of charging. So I wrote back, I said, what are you talking about? Terry Savigdor is free. So, um, Maybe so he now, wouldn't approve. What? Okay. Maybe he wouldn't approve. <laughs> anyway so the guy i think an hour later he replied you're right i'm sorry he because like someone wrote uh about it being on the internet or about uh something about what the whatsapp yeah, we got we got complaining about the, about the, about the like website about the, app, about the whatsapp about the qr codes we get complaints you know, about, about everything a wouldn't be on the internet either but uh, there's a million of you here and that's how people learn they themselves wouldn't be on the internet. Maybe they would be. Maybe they'd be on Torah anytime. The Tanayim podcast. What do we know? Okay. Yeah, it's definitely this. This should also be. You want to make a separate uh, uh, conversation about the Gemara Shiurim. This definitely deserves its own uh, its own episode. So we won't ruin it by by talking about it now. In the end, um, I think we should end off with that. Any positive feedback you have over there? Oh yeah, but this is not specifically on the on the chat. This is on Torah Savigda in general. There's right. there's a one one that's a little bit of a competition to Vayamayin. So I don't know if I should say it because this guy is is, is inspired by is an Avrich in Shlaim. He spends an hour to the two on on buses every day, and he you know he passes through things that uh, he has to guard his eyes, and he's able to do it with the help of Torah Savigda. So I don't want to knock Vayamayin. It's a great organization, but I guess it has competition now. Yeah, Teresa Vigdor. It's funny because I, I had, this is an Avrech in Yerushalayim, but I had a businessman in Los Angeles tell me that he walks to shul every morning. He, he's walking in the streets of Los Angeles. It's not the cleanest place. And he, he just, he holds his booklet and this is how he walks to shul, reading, reading the Teresa Vigdor booklet every day. That's, that's incredible. I actually, sometimes on Shabbos, I walk holding it but uh, not for those reasons. But Los Angeles, you have to guard your eyes, your nose, your ears, everything. Cause it's just disgusting <laughs> from uh, <laughs> just a horrible place. But he should take a big whiff. Yeah. Um, so if you watch till here, till the whiff, and you have any good comments, post them at Torah anytime dot, 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 dot com. 
and uh, we will enter you in the raffle for a delightful book. Right. Okay, thank you so much for watching or listening, and we'll see you next week.